When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judd's Hockey Show listeners, this is the hockey whisperer himself, Phil Mackey. And I want to talk real quick about Federated Mutual Insurance Company, here to help take your business to another level through risk management. Uh, they are basically like a, like a checking line to protect your top line players from risks and things on the horizon. Federatedinsurance.com if you want to find out more information and if you want to find out more information about the great people that have been around for a long time helping businesses. Federated Insurance, where it's our business to protect yours. Can, sure. can he still be the Marc-Andre Fleury that can steal games and take a team to a second, third round? Do you remember who won the Vezina last year? It was Marc-Andre Fleury. And Marc-Andre <laughs> Fleury is on a really bad team. Okay, in Chicago, they give up a lot, right? And the problem in Minnesota has been the goaltending. Keep this in mind, too. Bill Guerin and Marc-Andre Fleury were teammates in 09 when they won the Cup, and Billy was assistant manager when they won in 16 and 17. There's also a kinship there between Billy and Marc-Andre Fleury. But Marc-Andre Fleury has game, and he's a better goaltender than Cam Talbot. Hockey! Yeah, yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And there is no better day of the year than the National Hockey League trade deadline day. And the way that that day is made better is if the local team is extremely involved in wheeling and dealing, as Bill Garrett has been, to try and take a team that I think is pretty darn good. I don't think they're great. I think they're darn good. And improve them for the playoffs. And if there's a strategy, if there's a lot of thought behind the process... And it's Judd and Declan. Declan, we have that today. Um, the moves are fast and furious. Mark Andre Fleury acquired for a conditional draft pick. We'll get into that from the Blackhawks this morning. Jacob Middleton acquired for a draft pick in Kapokakanen. Yes, the Wilds' backup goaltender from the Sharks gives the Wild a defenseman. Of course, last week. Uh, Nico Sturm sent to Colorado for Tyson Jost. And then right before we hit the button here, Declan Goff, you inform me as we're live here waiting for this. Michael Russo of The Athletics saying that there is another trade that involves the Wild going down. Do you have the latest? Uh, Nothing. What, What can you tell us? Yet. But our friend of the show, by the way, friend of the show, Michael Russo. Uh, I know you like to name drop. Um, I don't. He's, he's he's our he's our friend. I don't name drop. Like he's that, our friend. Though. He collaborates with us. We talk. We see each other. <laughs> I don't at the know rink. If that's collaboration. You know, we, we, but we do talk. You know, yes. we talk. Yes, we, we talk say a hi. little bit here and there. Okay. Um, yeah, Russo reporting. There's one more trade coming here, and I I, I don't know what what this could be, but uh, I'm curious on, on what it is. They keep in mind, Flurry's the headline name, but. They've added a defenseman, obviously in Middleton. 
They added Tyson Jost, another center. I mean, they've added a oh, goaltender, a defenseman, and a center. Um, yes, a center, goal, and and a tough winger in in Nick Delorier, and Delorier from yes, the sorry. Ducks, who is going to now fight the fights that uh, Marcus Foligno previously has, and we'll certainly talk about that too. But until you, you get this next trade, which, by the way, the second that you get it, interrupt me. I won't take it personally. You got it. Um, let's talk about the big move. The big move, uh, a move that was speculated on by many, but especially on this show for last month and a half. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. And that is that the wild and you were pushing this big time. I was on board. I don't think I was as much of an advocate, though, as you were. And you might have been the biggest advocate for this trade among those in our business in town. 37 year old, I believe it is. Mark Andre Fleury. Um, who who certainly was only going to go to a place where he wanted to play. I think his contract technically had 10 teams to which he, he could block trades, but it was very apparent that the Blackhawks had said, we are not going to send you to a place that you don't want to be. Unfortunately, we absolutely stink. So <laughs> the word last week was that on, I believe it was Friday, Russo had this on Saturday and and it started to get out, I think, among more national people. Last Friday, Bill Guerin and the Blackhawks GM were in discussions. And the Blackhawks said, we want a first-round pick. And Guerin said, I can't really do that. And the Blackhawks said, we want a first-round pick. And Guerin said, no, I can't really do that. So then, and I think this is what Elliot Friedman said on TNT after the Flyers-Islanders game yesterday. Mm -hmm. At some point in time around... Friday, the Blackhawks made a substantial deal with the Lightning. They sent Hagel to Tampa Bay. They got not one but two first-round picks back. Supposedly, at that point in time, Garen called them back and said, you just got two first-round picks. Take a second. Blackhawks, you know, played poker, said, ah, we don't know again. The Blackhawks then started flurry last night against the Jets, I believe, if I am not mistaken on this, he gave up five goals. And the Blackhawks stink, so. No, they're bad. They're bad. Um, but I think the assumption now in 2022 was, well, if Fleury started, right, Dex? He can't be traded. He's not going to be traded if he started that game. Clearly, this deal came together. My guess is this. My guess is early this morning, the Blackhawks called Garen, or perhaps the other way around. And said, okay. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. Your team's terrible. And you want assets. And flurry walking does not help you. Like, nope. you get nothing. You get nothing for that. And so, the deal is this. It is a, I believe, second-round pick, correct? Mm-hmm. Unless the Wild make the conference final and flurry wins or plays in four I think games. it's wins. Okay. And if they make the conference final and if flurry wins four games. And by the way, if those things happen... You will walk the first round pick to Chicago from here. Mm-hmm. Um, it bumps up to a first, but you have to make the, the conference finals, a place that the Wild has not been. Keep in mind since two thousand three. If it's not, if that, if those things do not transpire, then it is a, I believe, second round pick, which is absolutely perfect. I love this trade. Do I think that this assures the Wild of a deep playoff run? No, I don't. Do I think that this is the type of creative trades decks that we have wanted from executives in this town? I'm not talking just Chuck Fletcher. 
I'm not talking just Paul Fenton. I'm talking from the Twins, the Wolves, right? These are the this is the type of of creative thinking that we have been absolutely starved for here. I love this. If it works, awesome. If it doesn't, it was damn well worth this chance. And I think Bill Guerin did a great trade for him. I think it's a good trade for the Blackhawks. Again, right now, I see no downside to this trade. Not at all. And uh, kudos for Bill Guerin for getting it done. Wild only have to give up a second round pick. Maybe it turns into a first. And if that turns into a first, that means you made the Western Conference Finals, which this team hasn't reached in 20 years. Uh, They haven't won a playoff series in seven years. So you had one glaring, humongous weakness, and it was goaltending. Um, Mark Andre was playing on a bad Chicago team, as much as I love to admit I'm right. When I wanted this team to go get Mark Andre Fleury, I thought that Blackhawks team in the preseason was going to look pretty dang good. I was wrong on that. We both did. We both were. We both said that. Uh, But at the same time, Mark andre Fleury is the last piece to this puzzle if you're a Minnesota Wild fan. And he's the reigning, we played the clip off the top from TSM. He's the reigning Vesna winning goaltender. Is he in a bad situation in Chicago? Yes. Is he up there in age? And will he possibly even walk away from Minnesota in the summer? Probably yes. But you had to take this chance. You had to stabilize one thing. Um, Look, it's nice that they were able to get a defenseman in here in in Jacob Middleton. Uh, It's nice that Tyson Jost, I think, is viewed more as a long-term potential, really nice chip you have that you can use. But the one thing that you could fortify and can help you steal games in the situations is not a center. It's not a depth defenseman. It's a goaltender. And it's a goaltender who has been a part of three Stanley Cup winning teams, a goalie who is great inside the room, Someone that Bill Guerin knows on the ice and off the ice very well, which definitely pursued this interest. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the Wild also did, the, the one thing we probably forgot to mention so far, is they did trade away Capo Kakinen to the San Jose Sharks. So they lost out on Kakinen because that was the trade that brought Middleton here. And the Wild also gave up their fifth round pick, by the way, in that trade to San Jose. So it was Capo and their fifth for Jacob Middleton. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to take a chance here that Flower can save you. That's that's really what this comes down to. And and look, the Wild haven't been the best team over the last six weeks after a red-hot start to the season in the first few months where they legitimately look like one of the better teams that could challenge for a cup. Um, but you had to figure out the one position that was your biggest weakness, and it was goaltending. Cam Talbot has not been good this year. He's regressed hard. Kapo Kakinen might end up being a nice player. He might be a nice goalie for San Jose. And, and to be honest, I believe you and I threw out his name when we talked about a Thomas Hurdle trade. We threw out Capo Kakinen. We thought because San Jose I needs to restart. I thought the Blackhawks might, might try and get him back, too. Yeah, I, I'm and actually surprised uh, Toronto or Edmonton, and maybe they did, uh, call the Wild on the availability of those two after the flurry news, I'm sure, was starting to leak, right? Yep. So uh, this was a gr- I think a really great trade by the Wild. I think they had to take a chance. They knew Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen weren't going to be good enough, and the fact that uh, they bring in one of the most decorated goaltenders in NHL history and Marc-Andre Fleury, yep. Lafawa, Great trade by the Wild. And the risk, in my opinion, is so low. If it was a first-round pick straight up, I I would say I I would have done it. But, yeah, I mean, what if it doesn't work, right? Like, he Fleury gets hurt or, or regresses, and I don't think that, that this is the case, but his struggles in Chicago carry over to the Wild. But 
It's a second-round pick, basically, then. And look, are you going to regret that? I don't think so. I just don't think so. These are the exact type of chances that we want this team to take, right? Yes. I mean, how long, and, and not just this team, but teams in this town, period. How long have we been just saying, you take a chance, like even take some type of chance. And this, to me, is not like that great a risk. It's not like you, you traded um, Fiala and yeah. in a potential hockey trade. Uh, it's a It's a move that I think sends a very important message to your room. And that is... In fact, Dex, play the clip. Play the Garrett. Play the Garen clip because I want to talk about what this now means, as opposed to at the start of training camp when Bill Garen said this. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about, Spurgey? Hard work and having fun. That. This is about winning. All right. So Bill Garen has to back that up. Yes, sir. Like, it's easy. It's easy when you're about to hit the ice the next day for the first time, right? To have this big, it's about bleeping winning. And for all of those who say, well, yeah, but I mean, the chemistry, the chemistry of the team, which, by the way, I am all for. Like, I totally get that. But there's a difference between altering a chemistry and at some point saying, we got a lot of good players, but we're not there yet. Mm Mm-hmm. Now we can take one of two paths. One, we can slow cook it, slow play it, keep all our draft picks, and one day we might be there. <laughs> or say, you know what? And this is where I struggle with so many teams, including the 2019 Twins. You can say it's a special season. Like, it feels special. It's a long year, so you're going to go through slumps. So I get that. But there's been a lot of times, Declan, where I feel that there has been a chemistry and a certain feeling with this team. And the flaws are there, and we've seen them. You said it yourself. Goaltending was a definite flaw. And instead of saying, you know, back in September, I said winning was really important. In fact, I dropped an F-bomb. But I just can't do that trade. That's sending a message to that room of, I don't really believe in you. Like, I like you. But if you can't do this, I, I don't know. And you just went out and acquired what I considered to be goaltending royalty. Yeah. So, like, he, he Marc-Andre Fleury is not the guy that, that he was uh, a couple of years back, probably, okay? I'll concede that a little bit. But he's a guy who is loved. His teammates love him. He's a guy who has won, been a part of three cups, including Bill Guerin as a teammate in Pittsburgh in 2009. And he's a guy who's going to tonight, before the Golden Knights and Wild play, walk into the homeroom at the X, and jaws will drop. Like, oh my God, that's who, oh my, right? And and I was here and covered when Favre signed with the Vikings back in 2009. And I'll tell you right now, guys like that, players don't just say, hey, it's the flower of my teammate now. They're like, oh, my gosh. Oh, you know, wow. And so th- there's questions now about, well, Cam, is Cam going to be okay? How can Cam handle? This isn't like you're bringing in a guy who you think is going to be an improvement. Cam Talbot, I'm sure at first, was a little bit miffed. 
but number 29 is going to be sitting by him. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. not, not, um, this is not, well, we traded Capo for another goaltender and hey, meet Mike Smith. So I love this because this to me, the most important thing is, well, don't break up that room. No, this is about you're having a special year. What are the pieces? I always go back to, to this because this is where the Vikings are bleeping the bed right now. You got to look at the pieces. It's a puzzle. What pieces need to, as Favre said, be in place? <laughs> this is one of them. This is one of them, and I love it. I absolutely love it, and I relish the fact that the Wild seems to have a GM who knows, one, the price of poker, he can play it, and two, he knows the formula beyond analytics, beyond anything. He knows the formula for potential success. I the, love that. The, the, the best owners and front offices and organizations take your eye test and take your analytics, and they listen to all the information, and they blend it all together. Yep. And Garen, I think, has done a great job of deploying. Look, I'm I'm guessing. Maybe Billy's been on the show before, a real friend of the show, if I if I do say so myself. Um, he probably delegates the analytic talk to other people, and rightfully so. Um, but he's also knows what it takes to win, being a former player and executive and cup winner. And keep in mind their relationship history, which we we talked about on the Saturday edition when this news first broke that. Hey, we didn't really even think of this, but I mean, they were teammates together when they won a cup in 2009 and Garen's obviously familiar with him being an executive. So there was already a relationship there. And then from the side of not wanting to break up that room, like flurry is, yes, there is a presence about him, right? When he walks through him and not a, not a, um, a cocky presence necessarily, not a, uh, over, over a hall of fame presence. A hall, yeah. A hall of fame presence. Yeah. A, a guy who belongs in the room. And also as someone isn't like a weird goalie to the Talbot point yeah, of point. could Talbot be miffed? I don't, I really don't think so. Um, what I've always appreciated from cam, even this year, uh, and a certain other wild goaltender who was previous to cam Talbot was not good at this. There's a lot of self-awareness with cam Talbot. There's a lot of self-awareness of his game and of, of the situations he is in. And I think judging just on comments and post-game scrums and having never actually met the guy, I think he is okay with this because it's you're bringing in Marc-Andre Fleur. You're not bringing in, like you said, right. a Mike Smith, some slappy off the street right. who, who could do good, you know, then actually do something negative uh, to that room. Right. Marc-Andre Fleur has won cups before and he likes being one of the guys in the room. So I think Talbot understands that. And to be honest... We talked about this on Mackie and Judd, too. This isn't a situation, because Talbot starts tonight. All indications are that Flurry is going to be here recording this at 2 o'clock on Monday deadline day, um, that Flurry will be arriving here. He'll back up Cam tonight. I would still envision that this is probably going to be a 60-40, 55-45, maybe down the middle split I love it. for the regular season. And rightfully so. Don't burn out Flurry and don't, don't obviously make him prone to injury. Right. And let Cam still try to find his game a little bit. Nothing wrong with that at all. And his game is improving again. I just I think this I think this puts Cam in a really good place. Don't you? Yeah. Like this is look, I liked Koppel, but my problem was very simple. Koppel Cockinen, all right? When Cam got hurt, Koppel would step in and play great. It's like, oh, Koppel's playing like a number one now, right? But go go look statistically. When Cam would come back and scuffle. And Koppel played, Koppel would scuffle too. Yeah. I think that this just, again, is an acknowledgement that this feels special. And and the reality is this, and Bill Guerin knows this, and I know he does. 
the next three years might be rough. Like, I think, I think you'll develop players, don't get me wrong. And I think that you certainly could be a playoff team, but you don't have flexibility. Like, like eventually, and to be clear about that, the Suter and Parisi contracts decks were going to bite you in the ass eventually, whether you kept them or not. So this is not a Bill Guerin screwed the pooch. This is a the Wild took a chance and signed guys to monstrous, now illegal contracts, right? <laughs> and so I think Bill Guerin is acutely aware of, one, this season feels special, and two, if you don't pounce now, you're basically taking a chance because I think at the deadline n- next year, you're not going to have this ability. And if you do, it's because current good players are gone. So, like, th- this to me is an appreciation for circumstance. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yep. Big defenseman in a winger who, who can take s- some of the uh, physical responsibilities off Marcus Felino in. A fourth line center who you clearly trust more than Sturm in. And then the key piece, Flurry, clearly. But I think what this is, is Bill Guerin and, and Dean, probably to a certain degree, seeing the opportunity that if we don't, and this is the thing that we've complained about, if we don't take the risk now, when are we going to? Yeah. And if you have dead money cap hits that are going to prevent you from doing this, you have to do it now. Um, you absolutely have to. It, it, things are going to be so difficult with you having well, almost 15% of your cap tied up in buyouts for the next three seasons after this. And guys are probably going to be flat out gone. Yeah. F- Fiala, my guess right now, Fiala is not here on opening night. Yeah, I think they end up keeping Dumba over Fiala, but I would say I'd be shocked if uh, if both of them are still on the Wilds roster opening night next season. Can I give you a history lesson about the 2009 Pittsburgh Penguins? Okay, yep, yep, hit me. From the Bill Guerin Wikipedia page. <laughs> on March 4th of 2009, Guerin was traded to the Penguins in exchange for a, does this sound familiar, conditional draft pick. The pick, a 2009 fourth rounder, if the Penguins made the playoffs, was later turned into a 2009 third rounder once the Penguins advanced to the second round of the 2009 Stanley Cup playoffs. Garen, of course, went on to win the Cup on June 12th of 2009 when the Penguins beat the Red Wings in Game 7. Mm-hmm. So he basically just pulled off the trade for Flurry that he was, and I'm by the way, I am not guaranteeing anything here, but anyway, he basi- Bill Garen basically just pulled off the same trade in some ways that he was involved in to go to Pittsburgh as very much. And we we've talked about this and I think Bill talked about this with us as well as a rental. Yeah. Or at that time, what looked like, Hey, can you help us right now? Mm-hmm. The similarities. So this is great. Uh, it's great fun. Let's get to the rest of, of the trades here. Quick Dex, if we can. Yeah. Jacob Middleton, I've watched some Sharks. I haven't watched a ton of Sharks. But you, you told me that he was paired with Eric Carlson at one point this season. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, yeah. He, he was his, his normal partner, and then Middleton was uh, big on the PK for San Jose. Okay, which helps because the, the PK previous, oh, horror, horror right what, the last month, month or so? Month? Yeah, it's been awful. Has been awful. Yep. Um, here's what I love. He is 26. He is six foot three, 210 pounds. Which means he can hit people. Big dude. Which is, I, I am so tired of the wild. John Merrill's not a small guy, but he's not a tough guy. I agree. I desperately want a guy who can give you size. He doesn't have to be a sexy player. I don't care if he rushes the puck, okay? Here's what I want. Can you move people? Playoffs especially, right? Yeah. 
Uh, Jacob Middleton, 45 games, three goals, six assists, nine points, 69 pims, plus three. Um, This is the definition of the type of guy that I think this team badly, badly had to to add. And my guess is that at the current state going through the sixth defenseman who play, John Merrill probably gets scratched, which I'm fine with. Uh, But playoff-wise, this is huge. Yeah. This is huge because, for lack of a better term, you needed a bleep-kicking defenseman. Yeah. Yeah, he's analytically, um, for my guy Jay Fresh Hockey, who does a great job with Hockey Analytics, highly recommend subscribing to his Patreon account if you want more analytic breakdowns that make a lot more sense uh, to the common folk. And by the way, we have like 600 people in the room right now on this YouTube channel, so hit the subscribe button right here for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. That's Judd Zolgan. I'm Declan Goff. We're members of Judd's Hockey Show. If the first time you are discovering us, uh, we love our hockey team. And the Wild just went all in at the trade deadline. We're excited to see what happens. Judd and I will be at the game this evening, but hit the subscribe right here. Talking with um, Bill Guerin. Yep, talking with Billy, friend of the show, up in the booth. Uh, hit the subscribe right here on this YouTube channel for more Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment, home of Mackey and Judd, etc. Uh, Jacob Middleton, according to uh, Jay Fresh's analytics, uh, w- one of the better penalty killers in the league. Uh, in the 89th percentile really? in terms of penalty killers. Okay, that's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a key penalty killer. That's huge. Um, he was, because he's playing with Carlson, he was playing... You know, paying, playing pretty significant minutes, top-tier minutes. I yep. think he more relegates back to that third pairing. Kulikov, you think? With Kulikov, yeah. Or do you I think, put him with some, or do you put him with, do you put him with Spurgeon? And then and then put uh, Brodin and Dumba together? Well, he, oh, okay, so he, I just thought of something. Here's the wild card. I didn't say this. I didn't think of it. I should have. Shame on me. Um, I wonder if they'd scratch Goligoski. His play has fallen off the cliff. I, I should have thought of that. Merrill, I would say Merrill and Goligoski are probably the two that are more likely to be scratched to insert someone like Middleton. Obviously, you know, Spurge, Brody, and Dunbar aren't going Which anywhere. way does he shoot? He is a left defenseman. Well, he's a, he, he plays left defenseman. And Spurgeon shoots right-handed, right? I believe that is correct. So they could put him with Spurgeon. That might make sense. That might make some sense. But Goligoski, don't be shocked. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, his play had fallen off a cliff. There there was a very I think there was a solid plan to sign Goligoski to a new contract by now. Hmm. And Dex, I mean, he's just really so it's potential that, that you could leave Merrill and Kulikov teamed up, scratch goose, and have this kid or this guy with uh with Spurgeon and leave Dumba and Brodeen together. I need to see Dumba improve though. Yeah, he's, he's I'm not real happy with that. This, this, this game just seems off. Yeah, he goes come back. He goes through stages like this, and, and he it's does. Disturbing. He's, he can be streaky a little bit like that. Uh, an interesting note Sorry. here from uh, Terry Cozen, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, who covers the Leafs, the Toronto Maple Leafs for the Toronto Sun. Yeah, he wow. tweets out four minutes ago. Kyle Dubas uh, was not thrilled that his interest in the flurry talks with Chicago became public, and says that it's a question for Hawks GM Kyle Davidson. So obviously Toronto was in the market for goalie because they need one bad. Yeah, uh, even worse in the Wild, uh, but. Dubas, according to this tweet, at least. Well, Kyle Dubas can take yeah. a hike. Yeah, I agree. Dude, you know how many people are between um, Friedman and LeBron and Drager and what is it, John, Chris Johnston? I mean, yeah. come on, dude. You've, you're working in Toronto. I, I don't have time for that crap. That's going to yeah. get out. But I bet you, Flurry said, as we, we discussed on Judd's hockey show a couple days ago, I bet you he said no mm-hmm. to Toronto 
Edmonton. Edmonton, if they did not get a goaltender, they have signed their playoff death certificate. They'll make the playoffs, I think. Oh, yeah. But they are screwed. Yeah, I agree. Koskinen can't. He can't do it. And Mike Smith's Mike Smith is old. So good luck to him. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it is interesting what they'll do defensively. I don't know if, um, if Middleton they, will get here tonight. I haven't heard anything on that. Yeah, he's coming um, from San Jose. He's coming from San Joe's, so that, that's they a little played, bit of a far drive. They played a home last night, right? The Sharks? Yeah, I think so. It's Buffalo. Yes, they yeah. did. So I, he might not be available tonight. Um, and obviously, again, Flurry will back up Cam Talbot. I think they said his... Supposed to, he's supposed to arrive in the Twin Cities around 5 p.m. Central. The Wild play at 7 o'clock where's Central. The, where's Craig's plane? I don't know. I don't, I, Craig! I, I, I mean, it's a Craig, quick, if it's you're a, watching, it's get an that, hour jaunt down. Get that plane. That plane should have been in Chicago when the trade was announced. Best flight in the world, Minneapolis, The flower should be on the private plane. Yeah, no kidding. No Come kidding. on, man. By the way, still, still no update uh, from Michael Russo right. after he tweeted out 30 minutes ago. We'll keep going. There's one more trade to announce. Um, still have not heard anything on that yet. So I, I want to get to, while we await the news from Mike on the last trade and just to be clear the deadline passed at two o'clock but they they literally have to file trades with the the league and the last time i checked it was still like faxes and stuff so like there are trades that come through if they're after two o'clock there's a problem but if there is a line of and this is the last i i heard this was the case you would literally have a line of calls coming in um and so if you are in line before Two o'clock central, the trade is fine. So that's probably the wild on the team that they're trading with might have a problem with simply getting the trade submitted. That does not mean it won't happen. All right, let's talk about the pickup from Saturday for a third round draft pick in 2023, just quickly. Because the more I think about this, I love this. And I've got a whole theory here. Nick Delorier, who yeah. is who is a winger who's going to be on the fourth line, okay? And he is a tough guy. He is a very tough guy. Let's see here. His PIMS this year, 90, league high 10 fights. Uh, two years back when he played in 59 games, 92 PIMS. All right. I love this, Declan, because this is going to free up Marcus Felino not to have to fight fights. And I don't know why, but he feels or he has felt like he has to take care of everyone's fights. now. When it comes to Kaprizov, totally get that, right? You go rough up 97, 17's going to answer that bell. I'm coming for you, yep. But you know what really started to just, and and Felino's a great guy, but you know what started to confuse me? Is when Jordan Greenway would get sort of jumped or something, and Felino, who's a great teammate, would fly in and be like, Jordan Greenway, Marcus, can protect himself. Anyway, the DeLorea pickup means that you will have to answer to somebody but I don't want it to be Felino, and to a certain point, unless it's absolutely necessary, Greenway. Because when's the last time, Declan, that you saw a line that was so that it was so important that all three guys played? The Eck Greenway Felino line. Yeah. Like if you take away Zuccarello from Kaprizov, it's going to have a a potentially negative impact. It's not going to kill Kaprizov, but it's going to, it's going to hurt a little bit. If you take away Hartman, he, he's good. It, it's going to be fine. Yeah, it's fine. Like yeah. it's not going to be it's the end of the world. Here. Yeah. I feel like if you take away Eck Greenway or Marcus from that line, that line becomes a different line 
And it's not that I don't like it, but it's not nearly as effective. In other words, I want 17 and 18 out of the penalty box as much as possible, especially if there are fights to be had. It, it, it's, it loses its identity when, it, when totally one of those though. three leaves. Yes. Yeah, so I, I completely understand. Um, I, I think if most of this offense is basically set here, you know, like I, I, I'm curious what this trade is. I don't in, see it being an impactful forward or dynamic. I could be wrong on that, and I would love to be have egg on my face any minute here. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's probably just a more another depth dude. Sure. Because I mean, Bill Guerin is not going to mortgage another significant draft asset uh, to make a trade. And they can make another hockey trade. You know, you can you can make another player. From I mean, player you think he's swap. got a shot? I, I mean, the only the only shocker now w- would be a, a top six center, right? Yeah. Like a depth defenseman, I could totally see. Um, is there a center out there? And that, and that, to your point just now, would have to be a hockey trade. Is there a center out there that they could have gone and gotten? And if you do that, it's probably got to be at the expense of a guy like Hartman. Right. Which I don't know that he's no, going to go. Not. Yeah. Right. I don't know he's going to. That's going to a place where it gets murky. Yes. I don't think there's been any additions today that I would be flat out concerned about. Deloria, I guess, is a great guy. Yeah, he was a hell of a quote. Fleury's a great guy. And his info, yeah. Uh, The the defenseman, I don't know a thing about him personality-wise, but, I mean, they definitely need a body like that. That's really interesting. Yeah, I'm going to guess that you're right. I'm going to guess it's a depth player, possibly a bottom uh, fourth-line wing. Yeah. Another one. Paul. Paul, Paul Bizonet on Twitter quote tweeted the Russo tweet and says, Billy Guerin, not done? Question mark. And Russo did respond back saying, nothing, not anything earth shattering with a smiley face. Okay. But, so it's, so it, you're right. It probably is a, another depth, dude. I, I feel like with the addition here of, um, of Middleton, I don't think it's another defenseman. I think it might be another wing? yeah, winger that you, that you sub into your bottom six. Yeah, that, that, that they just say, hey, we're going to. Look for more veteran and more um, playoff tested kind of guys. I have no problem with that. And I would have no testing at all either. Also, Biz saying uh, right before we flipped on the mics that the Wild are my sleeper team out the, out in the West. Only thing holding them back was goaltending and penalty kill, and they've addressed both. Big and mean with a top five offense in the league. This is an incredible trade deadline for Billy Guerin. So Paul Bizonet, Biz Nasty, one of the better. Oh, I love Biz Nasty. Oh, I love. Can't Biz. help himself. Swears constantly. No, he's, but he's the best. Outstanding. So I got a theory. Okay. I got a theory about how this team is being built now. And let me be very clear. I think that the way it's built has changed dramatically. And I love that for a playoff team. Okay. Um, I got a note from a guy, from a fan tweet that, that said, I tweeted yesterday. I tweeted specifically that the DeLorea trade is great because it's going to free up Felino not to, to have to fight. And it's going to, it's basically going to put DeLorea in charge of being the bad cop. And the response I got was, yeah, yeah, that's the obvious thing, but he won't play against the abs, potentially in the playoffs. Au contraire. <laughs> Au contraire. Are you watching what the Wild is doing wild. today? The what, what the Wild is doing is, yes, they are making themselves, and and this is born in part because the Central Division teams have been kicking their ass. This is born in part because the Wild, when they played the Blues, the Jets, who can be a big team, and physical, um, and when they play a team, teams that are big, physical, playoff hockey-type teams, 
have been at a disadvantage. This makes them bigger and stronger, which is great against like the Blues. Like that, that's fantastic. I love that. But ladies and gentlemen, I got news for you. The Wild's a nice team. I like them. But if you think if they get to, and hopefully now they do, if you think they get to a playoff series against the Abs and say, okay, Delorier, Middleton, thanks a lot, but you're scratched. We're going <laughs> to go speed. Bill Guerin's not stupid. He's very smart. Yes. Dean Everson is not stupid. He's smart. Your only chance to beat the Avs is to beat the living crap out of them as much as possible Physically. and slow them down. Yes, yes. Physically. Physically. beat the, Well, I'm not talking about fights now because, well, I, I actually am. If they want to fight, that's great because that, that means that you've completely thrown them off their game. But I am saying, look at what like the Blues do. Look at what the bigger teams do. The Wild is now going to be able to replicate that. And when you play Colorado, if you attempt to skate with them, you're nuts. They will they will sweep you. If you physically beat the living snot out, out of McKinnon and that group, slow them down, make it ugly as possible, you give yourself a chance. You know why? Because they're going to get thrown off their game. And you are banking on this, too. And I love this. As good as he has been statistically, you are banking on when you play against Darcy Kemper, who I've always contended is a head case, that Marc-Andre Fleury isn't going to get flustered, that Kemper will, and meanwhile, you the Avs are going to be getting madder and madder and madder, which leads to dumb penalties. So I think that this being big and stronger is 100% for everybody, yeah, including the Avs. You're not going to get to a playoff series against the Avs and be like, hey, Connor DeWar, nice to have you back in the lineup. Connor DeWar's going to get skated around 18 times. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think that this, this construction is actually for everybody because you can't go wrong in the playoffs by being able to physically beat up on teams and make their life hell. And I will refer you, Exhibit A, Blues, Wild, what, 2016? 17. 17. Yeah. That's Exhibit A. That's what happens. Yeah. You get frustrated. You're running around. Now you're mad. Nathan McKinnon, you want him mad. You know why? Because he's not going to play his best if he's mad. He's going to be flustered and doing dumb things. I think I fell into a trap earlier this season when um when the Wild were playing with a lot of speed and energy that I thought, you know what? Actually, I think they can play track meet hockey here. Yeah, like, you know, they... they, they they played with speed, and, and it looked like, oh, actually, they might be able to line this up and make this work. So remember, Colorado got off to that really poor start. Um, and then ever since then, after that slow start in the month in, they've been basically been on just a race to win the West. Um, but if you get in a track meet with Colorado, yeah, that was foolish. Uh, you're you're just you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Just with the way the wild play, you're going to lose if you get into a track meet We've kind seen of it. game. Mm-hmm. Now, Kemper, here's the wild thing about Kemper, and I'll, I'll credit you, where... He is a head case. He can get rattled very easily. Mm-hmm. Every other metric, he's having. He is by far having the best season of his career. He's having a phenomenal year, and in and, and traditional statistics analytics, he's having a very, very strong season. But when you get in the playoffs, something changes there. Something's going to flip, and one fluky, weird thing happens, and he is the kind of guy who can melt down. Flurry is not. That's the beauty. Flurry, Flurry, Flurry is not. 
Flurry, d- Flurry he used won- to be. He used it's to be. weird. He used to be, but then he became not now that guy. Now he's not that guy anymore. As he got older, you're yeah. right. So, so that's that's where that advantage can help you. And yeah, I, I think if you're going to beat Colorado, it's it's not playing to their game because if you play to their game, you're going to lose. Yeah, you're dead. You're just you're, yeah, you're dead. That's, that's the best way to say it. Four games. Four games. No, and and this is no guarantee that this works, all right? So I am not saying, well, now I would favor the Wild against the Avs because I wouldn't. What I'm saying is this gives you a shot. Mm-hmm. And and we talked about this, I think, starting about three weeks ago, too. Keep in mind, and this is the one thing on Dean, and we're about to find out more, but I'd like the, the roster construction now. Dean Everson is going to have to go into a playoff series against any team, the Avs especially, but any team with a plan. You can't just say, okay, we've been having a great year, and uh, let's go out there and play. You have to have a, a plan. And that plan has to be constructed around how am I going to shut down the opposing team's top player, top line, physically, what can I do, right? Um, and the the Kemper thing that I think gets intriguing based on how I think he is still wired, I'm not positive, but I think he is, where this gets intriguing is this one, Declan. It's not even that you need a fluky goal. That helps. It's that you need against a guy like that to have everybody in front of him flustered, running around. Yep. Delore is going to be a huge pain. Oh, yeah. He's going to be awesome. Like, this is a huge, huge pain. Yeah. Because this is a guy, and and if you're improving your, your PK too, guess what? I'm not saying that you ever want to take penalties, but to your point, the last month, the Wilds' PK has been awful. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't take penalties. Now you're getting some guys that can kill. That's going to help, too. Yeah, I didn't love, I, I voiced when we first had this happen, uh, I didn't love the trade that the Wild made, giving up a third-round pick. I will say it's nice that it was a third-round pick in the 2023 draft, so it's not this Cummings third-round pick for uh, for a player that's basically a goon um, and, and, and has a very specific role, but someone who isn't uh, an impactful forward necessarily in the box score. Sure. But... Now the Wild, at least going in to the 2022 draft, so they gave up a second-round pick. They potentially will lose their first if they make it to the Western Conference Finals. But right now, they own the Canucks pick for round two, and then they have their own picks, the Wild do, in rounds three, four, five, six. And mm-hmm. the only pick they're missing from 2023 is their third-round pick. I'm fine with so, that. So everything considered, like they didn't have, and look, there's some trades that are going down today that, and have gone down the last 48 hours that are just absolutely insane to me. Um, the amount of people that are just giving up all that stuff, but uh, the the Bill Guerin has not had to give up those significant assets that he that he basically promised. I'm not giving up significant first round picks. The Shaw trade was crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. What first round pick to to the Habs? Yeah. Um the the uh, Blackhawks Tampa trade. Now mm-hmm. hey Hagel's a good player. I like him a lot. Two first round picks though. So yeah, if you look at what Billy Guerin has sacrificed. It's pretty favorable for trying to do what they are trying to to do. I, the Giroux price was was substantial, probably too much. I don't know that that he was going to waive his no trade clause to come here. He might have, but the fact is that when you look at what Bill Guerin has done in the last few days to retool this roster, you look at the overall scope of things and say this gives you a much better chance. And and I love, again, pouncing on an opportunity. I think that's fantastic. By the way, as it stands right now, the Wild have $1.3 million in cap space. 
okay. now because uh, also half of that money from Flurry is being retained by Chicago. So, oh wow! So okay. so Flurry's only on the books for three and a half million right now. But if they have another trade coming, I mean, it's either for someone who makes next to no money, right? Or it's a player for player swap with similar salaries because there really isn't. You're not inheriting a player that is expensive. You think they were? Do you think they'd be trading a current defenseman who's not a key uh, cog in some type of swap to get rid of salary? Potentially. I mean, they signed. You know, they signed Merrill that extension, which is a very. It's very team friendly. I mean, I, I mean, guess you could trade one of the prospects. Yeah, you could. That's that's taken up a little bit of your cap room. I don't think in terms of forwards, I don't see anyone really going. Yeah, I don't Andrew know. Is not going to go anywhere. I don't think. Oh no, Bukestead could. Yeah, that's the type of thing I'm thinking of. Bukestead, could. like a Bukestead, or uh, yeah, Bukestead could definitely go somewhere. And he got scratched on was that Saturday? Yeah, that that actually might. He's been bouncing around. He's not that could be it. for here. That could be it as well. Um, but I am I am curious on what this final trade could be as we're uh, we're still recording here on this YouTube channel. I, I think the most important thing to keep in mind too is that you need to have guys especially in that role, fourth line, who 1,000% understand their jobs. Case in point, example, Nick Bukestad's a nice player, and when he's going well, I really like him. Mm -hmm. Like, when he's he's going well, he gives you something. But it feels like there's times where he doesn't understand, hey, Nick, you were a high school star at what, Blaine? Yeah, stud at the U. Gophers, you were fantastic. High draft pick, right? Good the first years in Florida. Right, exactly. But you are now a fourth line grinder. Yeah. And we need you to I think the I think the closest guy who sort of goes in and out of understanding his role, but you're not going to scratch him because he's good, is Greenway. The last few games, Jordan Greenway's well, been phenomenal. And he's been good, Judd, but like that it's fresh it, 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 I know, it frustrates I know. me but more. What but what I'm saying is you're not gonna scratch him unless right. you're livid. I hear you. Um, but when he's, yeah, no, I'm with you when he's playing, but when he's playing like he can, he's a nightmare. He is, he is the big rig. Yeah. But then he'll fall into these lapses where he starts to have some success. And he's like, well, I'm good now. It's like, well, yeah, you are good, but you're good because of how you play. Right. Yeah. My point is, I think Nick Bukestead has the problem of falling into, Hey, I'm playing pretty well now. And it's like, no, you're, you're now a grinder, which is nothing wrong with. Yeah, nothing wrong with, oh, but that's God. the reason why Bill Guerin's so perceptive. I don't. I think he looks at that and says, "Okay, that doesn't fit." And the most important thing too is how, is in the playoffs, decks you can't not know your role. There's apparently 33 trades that are still in queue at the Central Registry at the NHL. Right I told now. you, I told you, it's like the it's like the DMV. Take oh a number. It t- yeah, it took me. Three months to get a new license, for God's sake. I know exactly how that works. But, I mean, it's like going and waiting yeah. at the DMV right now. So, yeah. So it's like A, 350. B, 275. Yeah. I don't even understand how that's done. Me neither, But man. that's what this is like. So, 33. So, give me, so far, in your opinion, the biggest trades that have come down today. Because we, we basically started, I think it was Valentine's Day that it started with Tyler Toffoli being dealt uh, from Montreal to Calgary. Um, And we've essentially had in the last week or so a steady stream of deals. What are the biggest trades that have actually come down since this morning beyond Marc-Andre Fleury becoming a member of the Wild? Uh, You know, the Rangers are getting, Tyler Mott was pretty dang good. Uh, I've heard that they, I don't know if it's a lot of cap. I think think Cop's going there too. 
from Winnipeg. So the, so, the, so the Rangers are ending up uh, potentially getting a couple nice forwards there. Carolina, I'm interested in here. I mean, Did Vancouver, they, because they lost again last night, and I think you can stick a fork in the Canucks playoff hopes. Yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, so they, they should have made some trades today. And and who knows, maybe maybe something will leak through from them here in, in the next few days. But yeah, 30, <laughs> Sirius XM Radio saying the same thing. 33 bleeping trades are still on the table. So How do you not expedite this? Yeah, well, and what, what the hell? What are we doing for faxing? What is up, what is up with faxing? Are, are they faxing? I was guessing that, that they were still... I know that there is also trade calls. So, like, you literally ha- have to have the trade call, I think, as well. Yeah. But how can we not just have a system that cleans this up? 33. 33 trades. But uh, Car- Carolina getting Max Domi, which is interesting. Oh, they you did? Know, he's, yep. For what? Uh, Sorry. Th- it's a three, I think it's a three-team trade, basically. Because uh, they had to get Florida, I believe, involved, for whatever reason, for salary retention. So, the Domi trade is an interesting one for Carolina. Uh, I'm curious where that one goes, yep. but it's it, this has been a pretty damn active trade. I mean, the NHL trade deadline, I will say, deadline day is always good. It's always pretty dang good. I would say it's right up there with, with the MLB one when MLB used to be really, really good. So here's a tweet that I, I just saw on, on the league-owned network. Uh, Craig S. Morgan, I can confirm that both Phil Kessel and Jacob Chikorin will remain Coyotes for the rest of yes, I did see the season. Too. Okay. Chikrin, I totally get. Yeah. And, and I did see that the asking price on Chikrin accelerated to um, two first or three first round picks, which is a ton. Why are you hanging on to Phil Kessel? Yeah, that one I don't get. I mean, but also. Phil Kessel supposedly has been on the market since January. He's been on the market for, yeah. But know, what what is the. Longer than that. The Coyotes stink. Mm-hmm. They're going to play in a building the size of my house next year. Why are you keeping Phil Kessel? I don't think anybody wants him. Well, that might be yeah, it. His, his game as. But I mean, Oof. he can he can pot some pucks. He yeah. can score some goals. Yeah. I wouldn't want him personally, but I'm amazed that some goal scoring starved team didn't take a chance. Yeah, here's another yeah. one to potentially keep an eye on when we when we were just talking about what the Wild could do for one last trade. Here, it's the 33 trades are still in queue. I'd like to hear with this trade. That's why I'd like to I'd like to hear what happens. Um, yeah. What about what about Kalen Addison? What if they moved on from Kalen Addison? I could see that. They clearly you know, Garen knows his game well, but I don't think he trusts him. No, he doesn't. They're clearly, clearly doesn't not trust him. They're clearly not in love with him. So not, not to say too that he can't be a good NHL player, because I, I do think there's a skill set there that is translatable to the modern NHL with defensemen being activated more. Do you think that when it comes to Kalen, they feel his skills are too redundant to some of their current defensemen? Maybe. Like that, that he is too redundant to a little bit of Spur. I mean, Spurgeon's a superior player, but a little bit of Spurgeon and Dumba because he's sort of a power play guy, offensive guy. He's not a big guy. Like, I just wonder what the, I wonder, because I think you're right, what the lack of trust is born from. Like, if it's just his game mm-hmm. that they don't like that much, or if they feel that his game is too much a duplication of some of the guys that they already have on the blue line. Yeah, that that, that is a good point. Um, I can see that as well. Uh, Rickard, uh Ricard Raquel. Ricard Ricky Raquel. Rack. Ricky Rack. Uh, Love that. Going, let's see here. Zach Anson Reese, Dominic Simon, and a prospect and a 2022 second round pick, apparently, the return to Anaheim from Pittsburgh for Ricky. So Trey Cole's oh, so not Ricky done Rack yet. To Pittsburgh. Yeah. Interesting. That's a, that's another big one, too, that, that's I like, done. I like Pittsburgh. And, and the Ducks, you know what? I'll credit to the Ducks. The Ducks, I think, are going to turn this around yes. quickly. Of those California, I mean, we saw the Discover, what was it, the Discover West division last year. Um, 
we saw those three California teams in San Jose, LA, and Anaheim. We're like, oh God, thank God they racked up all the points against them because they were bad. Um, I think San Jose is probably still not there yet. They just have too many contracts that are holding them down. They obviously re-signed Hurdle, which is great for them. Right. Um, but I, I think Anaheim of those three California teams looks like they are the best. So I, I could see that as well. And they got off to a great start. Yeah, they did. They, I mean, and Zegris is going to be a stud for them. Um, Drysdale. Yeah. He's, he's a so I, I can actually see them turn around too. pretty dang quick. I, I would hope that we're now down to, uh, you know, 31 trades, well, at like, least in Q. Um, Nick Letty going to the Blues. That's a good one. Is intriguing. Yeah. So I believe the Wings talked to him about an, an extension. I think the max that the Wings were prepared to go with him on extension was three years. He wanted four years. So w- once that came to pass, they decided that they would trade him for sure. I don't love him. I like him though. Letty? Yes. Yeah, I, yes. Yeah. I I mean he brings a certain he, he brings a skill set. What? What's up? Here's one from Kevin Weeks. Breaking news. This is I'm making I'm double checking. That, yes, verified Kevin Weeks. The yeah. Islanders signed Parise and Clutterbuck to extensions. Clutter, oh, Clutterbuck was supposed to be Clutterbuck traded. I kind of get a Yeah, Parise, I don't know. I I heard there might be a market for him, but that was a month ago. Really? Clutterbuck signed to an extension. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Lamarillo must love them both. Yeah, yeah, that's. uh, And I knew he liked Zach. Zach's just old. Yeah, that's. that's So Clutterbuck, yeah. In fact, I I think the expectation as of Saturday was that Clutterbuck would almost certainly be traded. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So that's another one that just trickled in here, and so now maybe. Well, that's not a trade necessarily. That's just news. That's an extension. The Islanders, Declan, are a weird team because expectations were so, so high. They got off to that terrible start. But they didn't play a home game for like a month. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if if between Lou and uh, Barry Trotz, they think that this was a bit of a fluke. Because they were a good team. Yeah, they're, you make a case they're the biggest disappointment in the NHL this year. Yeah, yeah, them. This, com- to a certain this comment on our YouTube screen here, and by the way, hit the subscribe button if you're consuming Judd's Hockey Show right here on this YouTube channel, Score North MN. Uh, Captain Stems has uh, Addison will get the same treatment as Mike Riley. Honestly, this that that's not a terrible comparison. It's not, and Mikey Riley deserved better. He did, and he's in Boston now, playing really well. Yeah, he is. He's, he's I think he's playing well. He he bounced from where he Montreal, Ottawa, Ottawa, Boston. Right, he's been in Boston for the last two years, and I like um, him. I like him. I and like his, his game, game was too. a nice game, but again, but I'll go back to the redundancy of some of their current guys. Yeah, he was, and he was log jammed here, and and that's why I will say with, with this Jacob Middleton. I love the fact that they finally got a guy with size who won't be afraid to use it. Because mm-hmm. that, that's a twofold thing. Yep. It can't just be, well, I got a big guy. It's got to be, okay, do you have a big guy who likes to play big? And if this kid does, and it sounds like he definitely does, or not, not a kid, he's 26 years old. But, yeah, that's a key. But, yeah, that Mikey Riley comparison is good. And I don't know. I just... Defensemen that can drive offense are really hard to find. If the Wild thinks that they're going to move off Dumba, I think you keep Kalen. Yeah. But, but if they're if they're not going, I don't know about that. Yeah, that that's a tough one. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. I do. I'm getting the feeling more and more, Declan, that I think Fiala is probably gone. I think long term he's gone. Yeah, I I bet they trade him this summer. I would love for him to stay put. I'm a big fan of his game, obviously, on this hockey show. But uh, I just don't know how they fit him in. I also don't get the feeling that 
to this day, and we've discussed this quite a bit before, I don't think they're as big of fans as we are. Oh, no. And you for sure, but I like him. But I don't think the people that run this team, I think they see more faults, which, you know what? They're smarter. So yeah, they are. Perhaps they're right. What's interesting here? I mean, 29, 28. What, what? I mean, we got to be cycling through these puppies. Yeah, I'm trying to get an exact number here because I think uh, David Pagnata of Sirius XM, I believe he's, yeah. he's an analyst on Dave there. Yeah, Network does a good job there. He's very good. Uh, he says 33. Eh? We know 24 of them, and he has all the trades listed um, on his on the fourth period.com where he writes for. But I, I don't know what this last wild trade could be. I'd like to hear it before we uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, close up shop, just yes. in case it's something substantial. Yeah, I'm very, I'm, I don't know what this uh, could potentially be. So how much is your opinion now of a potential playoff run in, in the last, I don't know, 48 hours starting with a Delorier trade and going till now? How much has your opinion changed? Uh, my confidence has definitely grown a little bit. And look, you get a little more excited at the trade deadline, right? Um, That's true. But I, I think at the same time, with them getting flurry, it changes my opinion on this team can definitely for sure win a series. I didn't, I don't know if they could have won a series with their current construction of goaltending and just the way they've been playing. I I was very if I think it was gonna be a coin flip if they were able gonna if they they were able gonna win a first round series. But now that they have flurry in place and they have a little bit of a few bigger guys on their roster that can help them out, and they got a solidified penalty killer. I mean, those little differences play dividends. Um, you know, it still depends on who they match up with, obviously, in the first round. That'll, that I'm curious on that. And the Wild have essentially, at one time, were basically a lock to be the second-place team in the division. Now that's not a lock by any means. It, it's going to be a dogfight with St. Louis and Nashville. Um, but I like their chances more now. To get, to get that second spot, get, get that second-place finish, and then even, um, and then even obviously, ho- hopefully hosting that, that first-round series, so... I'm curious what this uh, what the last trade is, but in general, I, I do feel better. I don't know how you feel, but I, I feel a lot better. I feel like they have now positioned that themselves from a feel-good team to a team that actually has a plan for at least how to win in the playoffs. Um, and, and I also think, so, trying to think of when I would say this started. Late February, maybe? The style of games change, which is great. but. October, November, December, into January for sure, and perhaps the early part of February, Declan, it feels like we get those more high-flying, loosey-goosey games. And the Wild, unless they get a select few teams, Florida's one of them, Colorado is one of them, they could participate in those games, and those games were fun to watch. And, I mean, I have never seen this franchise be this fast. But then around late February early this month, it feels like you get a a shift. And the shift is teams go into playoff style mode. It doesn't mean that they're there completely, but it does mean that that the style of game starts to change a little bit and pivot and becomes more physical and, and that there's a certain element that you're going to see in the spring that starts to kick in. And I really started to question if this franchise was up to that task. I was surprised, but I did. These moves today, I think, bring you much more in line with how the game is being played right now. And the goaltending one is huge because it's an influx of confidence. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, again, is going to walk in that room, and the confidence is going up. 
I don't care what his stats with the Blackhawks were. I honestly don't. Um, no one's going to say, man, what happened in Chicago, Flower? You guys weren't good. They're going to say, that's Mark andre Fleury, Hall of Fame goaltender who in the last X amount of years in the playoffs has been fantastic, right? There's going to be a there's going to be a confidence in that room tonight that probably has not existed um, that is going to be like a jolt. Mm-hmm. And I think that's incredibly important. But also through the other acquisitions that we've been talking about, big defenseman, big fourth line winger, things like that. You're also going to have your game be more in line with a style of, of game that might not be sexy. So I'm not trying to, to say, oh, man, the young kids, they stunk. They didn't. Some of them are exciting. They can really skate. That's great. But I don't know that their style of play translates to what you want. And this also spreads out, I think, the amount of guys that can probably lead. And unless you put a bad apple, and it would have to be really bad, so I don't think it's possible, um, into that room, it's going to benefit the room. And it's cliched, Declan, but that's sort of hockey. Yeah. Like the importance in the room of it remaining cohesive, which I think this 100% does, and and with Flory, it might improve it. And as long as Talbot's cool, which I think he probably will be, I think what you've done is you've empowered this group now. And I love the fact that Bill Guerin, in some ways, has thrown this back on this team now as, hey, you deserve this. I'm giving it to you. Capitalize. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He wasn't going to bring anyone to that room that was going to be toxic for it. And and look, the room has to figure it out. You're like, yes, Marc-Andre Fleury is now your security blanket, right? Your your Hall of Fame goaltender that will hopefully stabilize things with Cam. But in general, that the core of that room, pending a whole ridiculous trade coming in through here, uh, no one no one's leaving that room that is beloved in the room. Like, yeah, Capo Kakinen, I'm sure, was that 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 was a tough blow. And that stinks. But it's not something that's going to shipwreck the team or the chemistry by any means. Right. So Flurry provides this extra mojo and and just step that this locker room probably needs. Yes. So I I'm I'm curious on what the final move is, but in general, I feel a lot better about the team's cup chances and making a run in the playoffs. And on the room itself too, I I think that there's a very important distinction to make here because yes, I am all for not messing with what's working, but. There's a difference between that and a mentally weak team that can't that can't process change. Yeah. Which I don't think this group is, to be very, very clear. But if you look at the good teams, they regularly would bring in players and say that's why what what Dean and Bill did, and it was incredibly important, and it's what this team lacked completely before this. And Fenton started to change it, and now it's officially changed. When we talk about the cliche setting the culture. Okay. What does that mean? Like, like what? Yeah. What? You know, Patrick hates that word. Culture. I hate that culture. Here's culture. You win some games, but what does the culture mean? The culture means having a foundational starting point where if you bring in the right people, everyone knows what the culture is. Um, a culture can't be set by just, arbitrarily saying, all right, we signed some good players. Now this is going to work, right? But I think what what Felino has done and what Spurgeon has done and what Eck has done Eck. and Dumba too, Dumba. but I mean, go go through the current players. Spurgeon. I think what Bill Guerin has had them do, and it's very smart, is establish a culture to which 
assets. And make no mistake, the Wild today thinks that it, and it probably did pick up assets, can step in and flawlessly fit. That's the culture. Yep. You know, the culture is not, hey, Billy, can I talk? Hey, yeah. Billy. Yeah, Suits, what's up? <laughs> I'd like to know how this is going to affect my ice time. That's not the culture. That's a crappy culture. That's a terrible culture. Oh, Bill, you traded my best friend. How could you do that to me? Um, hey, dude, it's not about your best friend. It's about trying to win games. And that's where if you don't have that in place for today, then you can't do today with success. So, like, if if, if you're like, well, these guys are just going to all come in and help, but we really have no identity, you're screwed. Yes. This team has an identity. And the starting point, the foundation of that identity and bringing in guys like the flower who's only going to help it is so important because now you can basically say our room was good. The reality is it's now better and our team is better. And we now have a chance to capitalize on what I talked about in training camp. What's it all about? Winning. Having fun. No, it's not no, about it's having, not fun. having fun. No one gives a crap. You, you know what <laughs> fun is? Fun is winning. Fun and winning is fun. Yeah. And both of them go hand in hand. And you will have, and my guess is, as a player, there is no time that's as much fun as parading a silver chalice around the ice. That's my guess. Damn okay? right. Yeah, no. See, I, I, I'm ready to get my, my chair on West 7th here, man. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to rock. I'm ready to roll. I just like the fact that somebody's given them a chance. I yes. love the fact, you know, we can go back, Declan, through so many people. And that, that is, I, you know what? That's the one thing I always gave for as discombobulated and as difficult as it, as it was to achieve. You know, Brad Childress and Spielman deserved a lot of credit for going and getting Favre. Yeah. One, they tampered. They didn't get in trouble, but they did. Two, they brought in a guy who was hated here. And they said, you know what? 2009, this team is on the precipice of something special. Yeah. But we're lacking. Does this sound familiar, Dex? We're lacking in an absolutely key spot. In that case, quarterback. quarterback. In this case, goal. We're lacking. So what can we do? Well, Cam Talbot's not bad. Well, yeah, Cam Talbot's not bad. But you know what? Not bad does not win you playoff series. I mean, we have talked on this on Judd's Hockey Show and previous incarnations for years now about, yeah, you know, Dubnik plays a lot, but can he stand on his head? Can he win you a game? Because there's sometimes in the playoffs where your goaltender has to flat out win you the hockey game. Yep. And you might score a fluky goal. You might score two. I don't care. But the goaltender has to win you a game. And I don't think either one of us had the faith that Cam Talbot in a playoff game could win you that game. Now, that doesn't mean he couldn't do it, but it does mean that I lack that faith. And I think if we lack that faith, the team lacked that faith. Yeah. And faith helps a lot in sports. So if you have, Mark, if you look back and there's the flower, number 29 in goal, in green, and you say to yourself, holy shnikes, we got a Hall of Fame goaltender back there, who, by the way, in a seven-game series, last year played a huge role in eliminating us, and now he's on our side. Um, you, you've given yourself a chance. And I will bend over backwards to talk about how positive I think that that is because I have bent over backwards to rip executives in this town who don't do that. This is what you want. This yep. is what they do in Boston, right? In Boston, what do they do? They're oh, like, they bleep it. 
No, but I mean, they're like, bleep it. We're going to give ourselves a chance. Yeah. And the fan base expects that. We don't expect that because we're not used to it. Hmm. We're used to, oh, what if we lose the trade? Oh, no. What if we lose the trade? What if we give up a draft pick? What if we don't? Well, well, you know what? Unless you do something that's utterly stupid, you're giving yourself a chance. By the way, it's a uh, one-year extension for Parise, two-year extension for Cal Clutterbuck. I love Cal Clutterbuck. Drew Lamarillo loves Cal Clutterbuck. He does. He's a fine. He's His role is fine. Clutterbuck? Yeah. Uh, he's a hell yeah. of a grinder. Yeah, and yes, uh, there was another comment on the screen, and I saw the tweet from Russo. They did, Leopold did send the jet to go get up. Uh, why is it taking so long? We gotta, sure why was it on the tarmac at, at Midway? You know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't make sense. So he did rules. send the jet. He did send the jet. Okay, good. So we have that going for us. Okay, well, I stand corrected. Craig, I'd like to apologize for implying <laughs> that, that, you, that the flower was flying coach. Outside of that, Judd. Sir, would you like a pillow? Sir, uh... Refill your ginger ale. No, there? here's what I want. I want a meal. I want a meal and a give me a give me a surly furious. You said you've flown private before, right? I I did a story on Ziggy Wilf back in 2008, and I actually shadowed him in his private jet to a to a Vikings related event that they were doing in Iowa City. Wow. Okay. And so we we flew into. Cedar Rapids. My best description is is that trip for them was like me going to Stillwater. Little nice day trip back yeah. back before the sun was down. Left in the morning, went and and kissed babies and and gave out some t shirts, um, and got back on the plane and yep, uh, full. There was a full um, cutlery tray meal. Oh, wow. Well, charcuterie, uh, charcuterie. I love me. I'm not kidding. Boy. Charcuterie tray. There was um, uh, cokes. Okay. There was. It's unbelievable. That does private nice. flying, and and then the best part is, you drive to to signature terminal. You literally walk through a building. You say, "I'm going to that plane." They say, "Okay," on the tarmac. Get on the plane. Come back. Get out of your car. Walk back through the small thing. It's it it's like a really nice um, huh. shack or, or lodge. Uh, get in your car and go home. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, you should. It's unbelievable. I know. It's, maybe it's someday. Unbelievable. Do we have news of the trade yet? No. No, we don't. Look at I, that. I, car. I, I, I have. I have Austin nothing. is correct here. Yeah. Correa, Flurry. If the Vikings can bring in Zadarius Smith, who has now tweeted a picture of himself or Instagrammed one here. And the Vikings did their classic, we have interviewed this free agent. They put that on their social medias as well. This would be the best offseason yet. Let's go, Minnesota sports. It is incredible. It is incredible. All right, I'm going to let you make the call. If if it's a substantial trade, do you want to come back on? What should we do? We potentially could, yeah. I, I think for now, we've got an hour here. Um, but Judd and I will be at the arena. Well, I don't know. I got I got more work to and do. And Zedaria sure. Smith could sign yes. tonight. So we have. It looks, it looks like this could be going quickly. A lot of irons in the fire. The Cowboys were. Earth. I know the Cowboys were in, in the mix, but he left Dallas. So I'm guessing that they didn't come. I think the problem is just quickly. I think he's trying to, to get a significant outside rushing linebacker payday, mm-hmm. and teams are saying you missed all last year with a back. Yeah, well, he played back the playoffs, scare. but yeah, I think he missed a good chunk of time. Back injuries scare people. Yeah, back backs are backs are not good. Got to have good backs. All right, tell the people what they need to know, and then we'll uh, shut things down. For yeah, now. well, that's uh, hit, hit the subscribe button, you know, on this YouTube channel. As uh, my guy Todd says, SCSU go Huskies. I agree, Todd. I did not just pop You're that in the up, tournament. Honestly, because, yeah, yeah, we're, we're back American International again, which is 
which has some old wounds for some St. Cloud State Husky fans being bounced by a random ass school. Motsko, that's what right? happened about four years ago. Yes, I believe that was the Motsko one. They lost to Air Force and Air American International. So a little bit of bad blood. Uh, hit the subscribe button right here on this YouTube channel. That's Judd Zolgad. I am Declan Goff. Goodbye. And uh, you know we'll play it one more time. Yeah, let's hear it. Because it's about it's about one thing and one thing only. Listen, you guys know what this is all about, right? Right? What's it all about? Spurgy? Hard work and having fun. F- that. This is about f- winning.